Hello, and welcome to another episode of Dear Hollow Heroes. As always, I'm here with Meek Man Liam Meekum. What's going on, guys? And Rose Pierre Rob Kelly. I'm here as well. Let's get right into the top stories. Alright, so we're going to get right... <laughs> I stole his line. <laughs> we, are, we are going to get right into the top stories today. So, leading off, we're going to go into the NFL. On Sunday, the Bills defeated the Chiefs to keep their playoff hopes alive. The Bills are now one game closer to the postseason with the aid of Miami losing to the Titans. But on the other end, the Chiefs are left embarrassed and questioning their legitimacy as frontrunners for the AFC crown. Quarterback Pat Mahomes has become the main topic due to his actions after the offsides penalty that negated a go-ahead touchdown. What do we think of Mahomes' reaction, and where do the Chiefs go from here? But first, I have to say something about the Bills. I would like to write a formal apology letter to Sir Josh Allen. After watching that game, I have to say, everything that I have heard that have been excuses for the man have been true. I sat there, watched... The first snap to the last snap. And my goodness, does no one help him. Nobody! (laughs) Oh my goodness. Stefan Diggs just randomly disappears, which is true. Gabe Davis was non-existent. I mean, to be expected, he boomer bust. The only receiver that looked somewhat reliable... Was Dalton Kincaid, Kincaid. I could have said a with rookie? You. Yep, that's not fair. Nope. I feel like I've heard all and, these talking points before. Yeah, <laughs> but but I have to say as well, the defense definitely is still underrated. I feel like the, the defense, defense is still good. It's it's still the good, and still it has good. very much helped them. Yeah, coaching play calling was is pitiful. Yeah, it's pitiful. But they fired their OC, so you can't really use that as an excuse. They have a true. They have a backup OC right now, but the offensive line is okay. At, like, at not, best, at best, they're okay. I seen, I saw a couple plays where I was like, "That was terrible." But they, there are at least enough time where he can make a play. But after, because you got to look into, I try to avoid the third down and longs where they're just trying to hold on to the ball and get sacked. I don't yeah. really count those. But when it for five seconds, for the five second count, if you can hold the defender, defensive you pass, did your job. Yeah. you did your job. They were about like seventy percent, which yeah. is okay. It's okay. It's okay. So. After all that, I gotta say, I do owe Josh Allen an apology, at least for now. But he still does make questionable decisions. But after watching that, how can you help but make questionable decisions with the with the team with like team, that? With a team like that. So I feel like give him and this is a crazy thing to say, but give him if he's the quarterback for the Giants, the Patriots, the uh, maybe not the Steelers, but for like uh for Miami he, especially Miami, he's the best quarterback in the league if he's a quarterback for Miami. Give him a quarterback coach, he'd go crazy. So, I agree. I think that I do owe him an apology. And also what's so funny is I used to make fun of Josh Allen for his actions. But my goodness, did that come out of nowhere with Pat Mahomes. Unbelievable. So here's what I want to say before we blow this out of proportion. Can we blow it out of proportion first? Yeah, please. Awesome. He looked like a Looney Tune on the field. The guy was clearly offsides. There was no reason he should have acted like that. He sounds like Kermit the Frog. I want to hear the audio of him screaming at the ref. It, it, Do you also want to blow it out of proportion? I think this is the end of his career. Right? <laughs> <laughs> is this the end of the Chiefs dynasty? No, not even close. But, but um, it is embarrassing. I, 
don't get me wrong, it is embarrassing, but I also think we tend to think of athletes, especially superstars like Mahomes, not as people, but as almost characters on a TV show. And when they do something like this, we don't think, oh, maybe they're having a bad day. Maybe, you know, something went wrong in their head. We just think, oh, that's unprofessional. We've come to know Patrick Mahomes as a pretty relatively even-keeled guy. Pretty good guy. I don't think this one thing that, you know, he lost a close game against not a divisional rival, but a rival in the AFC. And their playoff chances were greatly hurt. And... He's not on the field. He he doesn't get... Well, he was on the field, but he doesn't get to see that Kadarius Tony was offsides. You got to look at it. Maybe something went wrong with him. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got to give him a pass at least once. So, he, he's typically not immature. Uh, yes, he's typically not immature. I think it's more of a culmination of... He was angry that one the play got called back because the play was amazing. You know, it was a it was so cool. It was a twenty yard pass so to cool. Kelsey, who then threw it to Tony, who ran it in for the touchdown. It was phenomenal, really well done, textbook how they wanted it. But Tony was clearly offsides, and I think Mahomes was mad, but he was also a captain of a football team, and he's like, "I'm not just gonna go yell at Tony. I'll go yell at the ref who made Fair. the call." Listen, I go yell at the ref. People yell at refs all the time. But at least I'm not yelling at my teammate out yeah. in the open public. I'll wait till we get in the locker That's a good room point. after the press leaves. I didn't I, think about that. I 100% was thinking exactly what Rob was thinking. But I disagree on you with one thing. That play was the least textbook play I've ever seen in my life. I was going to say that, <laughs> but I didn't want to interrupt. It was textbook to, to how they Andy drew Reed, Andy Reed. I Reed's don't know. Andy Reed hates when Ka- Kelsey laterals it. He yeah. always he? looks for it. He hates it. I thought I thought that was a part of the plan. No, no hates it. No, dude. Oh. That was that was Travis Kelsey just doing. He improvises. Like, yeah, he improvises and he does it all the time. He does. He got a, a touchdown lot. off of it. Too. He's also fumbled off of it. LeSean McCoy's actually got a touchdown yep. off of it. Yeah, that's happened a lot. So that was just the most like crazy timing. It's why you watch football plays like that. Yeah. So after watching that, um, I agree with Rob. I think it was frustration with the receivers. I think he has absolutely had it with Kadarius Tony being his number one. He's absolutely had it. He, well, he's got Rishi Rice now. Yeah, yeah he's but playing a little he's, bit better. He's, he's the playing. only one that's probably off the hit list with Mahomes right yeah. now. Yeah, and that's primarily because he's still a rookie. Yeah, you can't expect him to be your number one right but even, off the rip because even, that's not that wasn't even their plan going into the season. Even Kelsey has looked like he's taken a step back this season. Thirty-three drops. Yeah, it's it's absurd. Listen, he's still probably the best tight end in football, but it's getting closer now. If, if Brock Purdy keeps passing to Kittle, it might be passing to Kittle. I don't know if it's If Kittle. he keeps passing to Kittle. Give me a couple healthy seasons give it Mark a, Andrews. Give it another season, it might be Laporta. Laporta's good. The, with the numbers he's putting up, he's very good. He's good, and uh, he's Goff's favorite target. But yeah. but we have to see because Goff's only for so long, you know. True. So you got to see what the next quarterback for Detroit's going to be. But anyway, I think that that play was frustration with his receivers. But I do not think he deserves the grand pass that you're saying. I feel like in a like you know punishment regarding situation, yes. But he deserves the flack he's getting. You are the face of NFL football since 2018. If He's been the face of NFL football. It's either him or Brady, but especially because Brady's gone, he's by far yeah, the face. You've of seen football. Brady do things like this, but again, he's also gotten the same flack that we're giving you. He has every Fair. non-Patriots fan is. But loving Brady him. was more of a villain than Patrick Mahomes was. Patrick well, Mahomes is 
less of a villain. If you're gi- given People that like role, Patrick though, yeah. exactly. If you're given that role, you can't do that. Brady Bucks couldn't do that because he's now a hero when he went to the box. He was no longer True. a villain. So if you're the hero role, role, you can't do that. And that's who he is. He's the face of the league. He's the hero. He's the guy everyone looks up to. I don't care how bad your day is. I don't care how bad your receivers are. I don't care how many drops you get. That is your role. That is your job. You are your position for the NFL is greater than quarterback the Kansas City Chiefs. You're that's it's, just how the NFL has propped you up to be. That's why he's I think the highest paid player in the league, and that's why he gets all the stuff he has because he's designated with this role that's bigger than quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs. And to get to do something like that. I believe that there are so many justifiable reasons to act like that. Believe me, I'd be throwing my helmet at Kadarius Tony. <laughs> I would lose it. But with that role, he can't. He just can't. I think, now, he can. He's still a player. Players get emotional. That's part of the reason people also love football. They love watching players lose their minds on the sideline. The clips of them go viral True. all the time. But I think the thing that is really hurting Mahomes isn't him yelling at the ref and his teammates holding him back against the ref. It's when he goes to midfield to dap up uh, uh, Josh, Josh Allen. Allen. And, and he still said, complains. And he still complains to Josh Allen of all people. As if Josh Allen cares. One, yeah, as if Josh Allen cares. And two, how many times have you personally just demolished Josh Allen's hopes and dreams in under two minutes? That's a good point. And also, how many times have you got bailed out by refs in under two minutes. Let's take a look at some serious moments that the Chiefs have gone bailed out with. <laughs> what Super do you mean take a look at? Are we audio? Let's just let's let's listen to. <laughs> Throw them up on the board. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you have James Bradbury in the Super Bowl last year. That was a very controversial call. Yeah. You have their super their first Super Bowl run when they got the first seed because Nikhil Harry of the Patriots stepped out of bounds when he clearly wasn't out of bounds. When you look back, that was before you could replay a play like that. He was not out of bounds, but they it's, called it out. And that gave the Chiefs the first seed, which allowed the, all the teams to get kicked out. So, And all of these factors come in. You have also a roughing the passer that they had on Joe Burrow, I believe, in the AFC Championship game that they never called. There was a roughing the passer on Russ that they never called this year. There's so many missed calls that, one, this wasn't a missed call, and two, stop yelling at the refs. You've gotten There was something early this year, too, with Sauce Gardner, no? Yeah, there's been a lot of... Missed calls. It seems like the yes. refs only get worse year by year. But the thing is, as Pat Mahomes, you're still fighting for your team. And you're still. I think he's still going to uh, yell at the ref because most of the times, now Tony didn't do this on display, most of the times the receiver will look over to the uh, referee and, check with the ref. and check. Am I on the line? Especially if they need to be back, if they need <clears throat> to be on the line. Now, what really gets me is the main clip of Tony... You see him looking over at the line where he is clearly above the ball. And I don't understand how he didn't see it. I mean, as a Giants fan, I can tell you the simple answer. He stinks at football and shouldn't have a contract. But He was two feet above the end. Good punt return. (laughs) Oh, my God. Him and Richie James. It's It's just a weird picture to look at because, one... He's he's on the line, clearly, you yeah. know, clearly above the ball, but he's looking almost directly at it. But what I love is the, all the people online saying, "Oh, he wasn't over. He wasn't over. 
He most certainly was he over. Definitely Beyond was. That is there's not no, the question. There's no debate. There was he the was right. Over. This is what bothers me. It was the right call. So why are they complaining when even Andy Reid believes it was the right call? Because he said in his press conference something similar to this. I'm going to paraphrase it. He basically said that they're so used to refs giving a warning that, like, you were offsides this play True. next time we're calling it. Apparently, back in the day, with every team, every team got this privilege where if you were offsides, like, once. But this year, apparently, that's been cracked down. And then this time, finally. Fair. But this is my thing. Why was it cracked down? Needless to say, let's take a look at the, the Kansas City Chiefs. When Jawan Taylor was offsides, every single offensive snap against the Detroit Lions to start the season. Where do you think that came from? He was lining up as a slot receiver. So if you're really wondering, we never got a warning, you got like 55 warnings in the first game. So you used up your warnings for the year. I used to do that all the time playing tackle. I would line up like maybe a yard in the backfield just to see if they would tell me to go back on the line because they always give you a warning. And sometimes they would, and I would have to adjust. But sometimes I would get the lineup in the backfield for most of the game, and it's a huge advantage for a tackle. That's you have to kick step so much slower. So they do give you warnings. I've had them before. I used to use them. So I think the NFL cracked down on them, which it's understandable. I'm, cool. I'm, I'm great with that. Yeah. Like I, I know that you don't want flags to determine the game, but you also don't want any team to get an advantage. And we can, yeah, we can all pretend like, oh, it's a it's a courtesy warning. It's really just seeing how long you can get away with it for until the ref says something. That's really what it is. Yeah. And you don't. And, and let's. I'm sorry. One more thing before I go. Do you really, if you're a Bills fan, do you want a warning to no. be the reason you lose the game and probably your season? Because even with Miami losing yesterday, that doesn't mean nothing. Because we would have been having a, Chiefs. We would have been having a worse conversation with these pictures if Kadarius Tony was not called for this. And he's, in fact, they scored too. Yeah, he was on the score. Yeah, that. Would, I lost my train of thought, sorry. You, sorry. You, you right. we, can, we can move on. All right, so... I think we've covered this, right? Yeah, yeah, pretty well. So, it's time for Stat of the Week. We all know that Shohei Otani had I a... I feel like we're ripping something off doing that, right? <laughs> Every single time he says something, like some sort of intro, it just sounds too game posty to be like, I definitely well, heard they, that before. They do this on TNT. It's Ernie's Neato Stat of the Week. <laughs> This is, we're just directly, we have to cut this, but we're just directly (laughs) ripping it off. (laughs) We're not cutting it. Uh, We all know that Shohei Otani had a record-breaking contract. 10 years, $700 million. So let's break that down. So, per year, Shohei Otani will be getting $70 million. Per month, Shohei Otani will be getting $5.83 million. Per week, he'll be getting $1.35 million. Per day, $191,780 per day. Per hour, he gets $7,99,000. So I love the way you wrote it here because it looks like $7.99,000. <laughs> 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 $7. per minute, he gets $137.18. And per second... Per second, the day Shohei Otani's contract would have started, and for the next 10 years, he'd make $2.22 per second. That's unbelievable. That's an unbelievable amount of money if breaking news didn't just make it completely null and void. Yeah, it's now obsolete because... (laughs) He's only making $2 million a year. So let's get into that. All right, so per month, he gets $166,000. Per week, he gets $41,000. 
Per day, he gets $5,952. Per hour, he gets $248. Per minute, he gets $4.13. And per second, he gets $0.07. So even with 2.86% of his contract, he gets $0.07 a second. That's wild. Just insane. So if he drops a dime out of his pocket, it's not worth it for him to go pick it up because he's already made more money. <laughs> yep. That's ridiculous. Um, it's also just a ridiculous contract in general. Oh, no. Uh, unreal. And if and <clears throat> with it, if he accepted the full contract, if he dropped a dollar every second, it's yeah, not worth it's it. Not he worth double it. it. Yeah. <laughs> and also, I did the math. He pay off my student loans. My own student loans. He paid off in eight hours. Yeah. That's that's just crazy. Just work a shift. Just work one shift of a normal, uh, uh, what is it, nine to five job. He's done. My student loans are paid. That's unbelievable. Yeah, pretty much one game. (laughs) One game, yeah. Yeah. One game check, my student loans are paid. If Shohei was just kind to me for one of his games, well, he works 162 a year. One game, he can't get the check. I also saw an interesting stat with this $700 million contract. Ken Griffey Jr. will be paid more than Shohei Otani next year. Wow. Yeah. How much will he be paid? I don't know. Some some along the lines of $5 million. Because his contract with the Cincinnati Reds at the end of his career was also deferred. Wow. Yeah. There. It. It's crazy how this is working out. Especially for the Dodgers. Three and a half million. Three and a half million? Okay. And I get it. Ken Griffey Jr. on paper right now is a better baseball player than Shohei Otani. <laughs> Just start a narrative. <laughs> sure, Shohei has the intangibles. But, but the kid. When ball hits bat, I want Ken Griffey Jr. Right now? Death laser pointed at the earth. <laughs> Give me Ken Griffey. <laughs> right now. Not today, not t- and, but... I think that contract's going to be crazy, but uh, there was news uh, yesterday. Uh, Yamamoto was with the Yankees, and I think Hideki Matsui and Masahiro Tanaka were at that meeting for the Yankees, and I think the Yankees are now, obviously, because they just met with them, are now back to being the front runners. Well, but I think the Dodgers are going to be scary again with Yamamoto. Can you imagine? That, that is great, but as of an hour ago, the Dodgers met with them. Yeah. Hmm. So. Can you imagine? Now, he's not going to get a contract anywhere near this. I don't think we're going to see a contract no. anywhere near this for... As he shouldn't. He's never... Hit the ball. Yeah. <laughs> he's not... <laughs> Listen, he is a great pitcher. 800 million. <laughs> but he's also not putting up 40 home runs and 30 triples in a year. Can you imagine the disrespect to Shohei Otani <laughs> if this guy comes over never playing any American baseball and they're just like, yeah, he, he's, he's the highest played paid uh, baseball player now. It's on the same team, too. <laughs> and can you imagine? He gives up like a four-yard after all that. Also deferred so that in ten years the Dodgers just suck. They can't sign anyone. <laughs> Dodgers ten years from now are just going to be an apathetic organization. But they just made trillions of dollars off of all the endorsements from Shohei Otani, so they're okay with it. Yeah, they'll actually just, his, his uh, money he'll give to them as a yeah. player, we'll probably pay for that. True. <laughs> Imagine Shohei just requests a trade after all of that. And the one, two, three that's going to be Betts, Otani, Freeman is just going to be lethal for the next five years. Yeah, it's going to be fun. It's, I think it's till Freddie retires, right? Or at least well, the end of his contract is four or five years. 
Yeah. From what I can recall. I'm sure they'll have another superstar. That and Freddy, yeah. Freddy's type of gameplay isn't the kind that deteriorates quickly. He's a slap ball hitter who plays first base. He can play a long play time a long if he time. wants to. Yeah. And Betts moved to second, which is good for his legs. It is, but at the same time, Mookie Betts could play any position in the field safely. Fair. I'd keep him out of like center or left. I'd do my best to. Keep I'd throw him a there. catcher. Let's see what he can do. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start showing. <laughs> well, pitch, try catch you're getting, it. You're getting paid this much. You better be able to play catcher. <laughs> yeah. You're a manager now. <laughs> so you imagine they go, we don't want you as pitcher. We want you as catcher. <laughs> That'd be a crazy conversation. What you said you can't pitch the first year of your contract. What do you expect us to do? Just the H you? No. Can you imagine if Shohei goes? I don't feel like pitching anymore. After all, oh, <laughs> he be, could. He really could. They're all that. Uh, but anyway, we're going to move on. This one's going to be a little bit more of a Liam-centric story here. Quarterback Tommy DeVito of the New York Giants has moved to 3-1 and one as a starter. The once hopeless team is now one week away with a little help from the Bucks, Browns, Panthers, Commanders, and Eagles winning, along with the Giants, of course. They become the seventh seed. If the Giants are able to pull off this miracle... Are they going to stick with Tommy Cutlets as their quarterback, or is there no shot they can move Danny Dimes aside? Ooh, that's a tough question. What they should do or what they can do is two very different questions. Because Daniel Jones is still being paid $40 million a year. Let me give you perspective here. I've said this before in a similar situation. you got to remember that uh, Drew Bledsoe was the highest paid quarterback when he got hurt and Tom Brady came in. You gotta think about something. Do not compare Tommy DeVito to Tom Brady. (laughs) (laughs) The only thing they have in common is that they both play quarterback and their names are Tom. (laughs) Tommy DeVito's good. For now. But he's not Tom Brady. But you get my point. Let's relax. If he's better but Danny Dimes isn't even Drew Bledsoe. That's a good point. That is a good point. These are two and it it's Another thing that also goes along with this is Danny Dimes just got signed for, what was it, four years of this? It was four, yeah. So it's $40 million for the next four years. That well, they, can, the they can cut them, I think, now and take a massive salary cap hit next year and then be okay, I think. I don't think he'll count against our cap for the next two years. Or you could trade him to a team like the Falcons. No one wants that contract. The Falcons? No they, one wants no it. They'd be they'd be ones to take it. They'd, we would have to trade him a first round pick with it. I think you there's could get, no way you we're could get him rid of to the contract. Falcons with a mid round pick. You can get him to the Falcons. Joe Shane would have to be a wizard, like an actual level ten warlock. <laughs> there's no way. I go Falcons. Falcons would be stupid enough to take him. I don't think anyone would take that contract at any point, really. Let's just think about how much we hate that contract. Now think about someone who is around the game 24-7 as a career. You think that the Falcons have, as an organization, have such an incredibly low IQ that they can't see through Daniel Jones' skill set versus the money he's being paid. When he inevitably gets traded to the Falcons this offseason, I'm going to replay this clip. Go ahead. But I think they should stick with him. I really do. I think at the Daniel Jones? No, uh, Tommy DeVito. Oh. Okay, you got to be more you specific. You can't just do that to me. I was about to leap over the table. So listen, this is what it comes down to: Who do you trust winning? 
Who do you trust winning? Who's done more for to put their team in a position to win this year? In general, look at their so far. In general, it's, well, Neither. in general, it's Daniel Jones just because How? he's played more games How? than he's they've won. won. A playoff game. You eliminate you eliminate that last season. You eliminate one good season. Well, you said in general, not just one, this year. You eliminate one. He has been one of the worst quarterbacks. And if you eliminate three games, Tommy DeVito's still a backup. But look at your sample size, though. Exactly. Look at your sample size. Good point. Good you point. are talking about three games. You are jumping the gun so early here. But I'm saying, and that. I have listen. I have faith in this young quarterback, but he's still young. We can't jump the gun because this could change the tide of an organization. You look at what look at the Browns. How long has it been since the Browns have been good? Twenty. Because. C- no, twenty-one. Actually, good. Twenty-one. When they went to, when they were literally one. Play actually, away from, good. They're one play away from going to the AFC Championship game that year. When's the last time the Browns were actually good, Rob? I have no recollection. I don't either. They'll, they'll, That's they because were, they, they could not get it together. Fine. At before twenty twenty-one, when's the last time the Browns were good? Oh, never. That's because they could never piece it together at quarterback. They kept drafting. They kept believing the wrong quarterbacks. There was just no consistency at quarterback. That's kind of what we're committing to here. If we put our faith in this new quarterback, we're saying let's keep the carousel going. And that could screw you for so long. Because then you have to go out and you have to draft the next guy you believe in. And what if our GM just gets it wrong? You don't know. So there's a certain amount of me that's okay with drafting a quarterback this year. Scrapping it all. Having them compete in training camp. Tommy DeVito, Daniel Jones, and whoever we draft this year can go fight it out for a starting QB job. But hear me out. If you draft a big name like Jaden Daniels or Penix, you're looking at having the problem that you say every time this happens. If you have two quarterbacks, you have three quarterbacks, you have no quarterbacks. Are you willing to go through that? Is that okay as a Giants fan? I don't know if there's an okay option. I think if whatever option you pick... You got a lot of doubt in your head. At this, okay. I think the best option here. Now, hear me out. Just turn every Sunday game at Giant Stadium into a Devito game. Okay. Because it'll just become one big Sunday Italian dinner, and the energy will just be so good throughout the stadium that they'll just win every time. You say that, but we're three and zero with him right now. Three and one. Three and one. When he starts losing, because there will be a time in his career when he starts losing. See how quickly that. Fun Italian narrative goes away. <laughs> it goes away real quick. Oh, I know. Winning cures everything. The most likable people are winners. When your quarterback sucks, no one likes you. That's true. It's true. And I think that I I think that he right now, of course, we don't have a much of a sample size. Right now, Tommy DeVito is a winner at this point in time. But I know that Daniel Jones is not a winner. I and agree. So I would rather stick with the prospect of a winner. I have than to a agree. Known with you. loser. So and I'm playing a little bit of devil's advocate here because I've been arguing a little bit on both sides. But I do think the Daniel Jones era needs to be done. Because I'm looking at his good season when he won a playoff game when he did that. Uh, the playoff game, he was great. He was good in that playoff game. But let's go. We'll go one game. Fine. Let's go over that season. We went to two games, I believe, two Giants games that year. 
I have never seen such a phenomenally disciplined and coached defense on the Giants yep. in my entire life. You had Saquon Barkley running the rock like I've never seen before. You had a good old line that was good enough to get you through. You had an okay old you, line. You had a good enough. As I said. Like, they were good enough. They were better run blockers. Andrew Thomas was very good. Yes. Your passing game was okay. It was okay. It was okay. Isaiah Hodgins. Now, don't get me wrong. The receiving core was not that great. But... Isaiah Hodgins was kind of carrying that passing game. But when it came oh, he to... He only came on late. Yeah. So the passing game was... They went on a losing streak because they couldn't yeah. pass the ball, save them lives. Richie James was our number one receiver for like four weeks. He went on like a one and like four streak there. And it was because they just stopped Saquon. They couldn't win. Yeah. So when that happened, you're looking at... A quarterback that can run because he did he does well. They when their offense is clicking is when Saquon gets open and then they do a quick like uh, yeah. Danny Dimes run, and it just it worked for so long. But then it just if it eventually fades out. He his legs are gonna give out. He's hurt again. He tore his yeah. ACL. How is that speed gonna be part of his game? Well, that's anymore? the thing. His the only thing he had going for him was he he honestly had the legs to carry an organization. The problem is he didn't have the arm or the mind. Now the legs are in question. So what are we betting on? You got that is probably the point that I'm trying to make is just he, he just he just doesn't have it. I think with the contract he has, you're kind of stuck now. But I've seen people find ways to go around it, make it work. So if you do choose to stick with, if, especially if Tommy DeVito leads you to the playoffs, why why would you pinch him for Danny Dimes? It's gonna be. A- a real tough road if we're talking about playoffs right now. It I, is possible next week you could be in the playoffs. I understand that. You can. I, okay. But what what do we need to happen? Just you, looking at here, we need five, six games, including the Giants game, to go our way. But that's with... Imagine placing a parlay on that. There's, by the way, there's still three weeks left. No so, way. So half of these going right. And we got to beat the Eagles twice and the Rams once. And that's if we beat the Saints. Rams, I wouldn't be crazy worried about the Eagles. The Rams every other week are explosive. True. Every other week. But their defense is a bunch of brick walls. Aaron Donald. That's it. And what pass protector do you think is going to block Aaron Donald? Also, describing a defense as a brick wall isn't helping you. Oh, it's a a good thing. Sorry. Yeah. Sack of potatoes. Swiss cheese. Swiss cheese. Burnt toast. There you go. Sack of potatoes. And literally anything but a brick wall. Yeah, brick wall was the worst option. Oh, good point. Sorry. My bad. But stick with Tommy DeVito. And also, I do love the uh, the Italian. Oh, he's. I mean, he's fun. And he's from Jersey. It. It's a great narrative that you, that you have to keep. When he threw the ball to Hodgins, was it to Hodgins? Oh my god, that was a great ball! That was I a think, great ball, great, any, ball, great catch. Yeah, anyway. If anything, he's just the you know number one backup next year for the Giants. Yeah, he could be. He might be honestly the the reason you don't draft a quarterback though. I know that's the worst thing that could come out of this is you guys just that's it. You start Daniel Jones and put Devito a backup and move on. That that's, that would be the worst option. That's the worst. That thing would be the worst do. option. But. It is now time for game time. Alright, we have the second installment of Through the Numbers. Just like the first time, I'll give you each three sets of stats where you'll give me guesses as to who these players are. This time, 
we will have the numbers posted on our socials. So you can go there and see the blank stats and play the game with Liam and Rob. See? That's, that's smart. That's smart. Thanks, man. Here is the new version. I give Liam NFL and Rob MLB players. The third one is a rookie. No position, just a rookie. Oh, we're screwed. They are worth two points. You both have both of the player's stats. That is because if the answer is not given by the initial player, the other one has one guess to steal the point or points. Are you guys ready? Also, fun fact, you have 10 minutes off air. Ready, set, go. Five, four, three, two, and stop. All right, guys. We fast forward to the end here. Of, I'm not just gonna, it was quiet, so we're not recording that. So it was very quiet. <laughs> very very quiet. quiet. Every time I spoke, I got told to shut up. So we are going to flip a coin on who has to answer first. Hold on. Where's the bird? I put the coin. You just had it. I really did too. I'm such a shame. Oh, there it is. All right. Heads is Rob. Tails is Liam. Heads, Rob, once again, 0 for 2. You are going to go first, and then, of course, it goes 1, 1, 1, back and forth, okay? Okay. So, Rob, give me your three answers for his first question, which was a first baseman. So I get to give you three? Correct. Okay, I'm going with Matt Olson. That is incorrect. Reese Hoskins. That is incorrect. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. You got it! Rob has got a point! Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is the answer, Liam. You cannot steal. That is one point for Rob. I would like to steal. I'm going to guess Vladimir Guerrero Jr. All right. Liam, you are up. Liam, you had a quarterback. All right. So, my thought process here was 90 games played. That amounts to 5.6 healthy seasons. He threw a decent... He's a good quarterback, not great. Threw on a decent amount of touchdowns to interceptions. I'm about to talk myself out of my answer, actually. But he gets sacked a lot. I'm going Derek Carr to start. No. Dak Prescott. No. At the buzzer, does he have a vintage moment in him? Jared Goff. No! Rob, you get one guess to steal. I, I have no idea. Just give a guess. Joe Flacco. Oh, wow. That he's played a lot of games. I know he has. So I just didn't that, that was the first time I looked at the QB stat line for this game. <laughs> so I just said the first quarterback that came to my mind. The quarterback was Josh Allen. Mm. After all that, Josh Allen was the quarterback. Alright. Rob, your center fielder. Okay, so maybe I should break it down this time instead of just randomly guessing just out loud. Just going right through it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was just ready to go. So we have approximately five and a half years of service time in Major League Baseball. A decent amount of home runs, but a lot of strikeouts. My first guess is going to be Cody Bellinger. That is correct! One for one! Wow! That's amazing! That's amazing. Yes, Cody Bellinger was correct. All right. I got no shot. There's no way I get two in a row here. Liam, you have a NFC wide receiver. Oh, no. 
I forgot he was NFC. <laughs> it was written <laughs> on your paper. I have four guesses down and two of them are in the NFC. So, three and a half years played. Somewhat young. He gets 70 receptions a year. Or, yeah, 70 set receptions a year on 104 targets. Eight touchdowns. His long is 76, so he's got to have a little bit of closing speed. I'm going DK Metcalf. Incorrect. AJ Brown. No. Now I have to come up with something. <laughs> three years, three and a half years played. In the NFC currently? Yep. And he's never left. DJ Moore. No. The answer is... Oh, Rob, you get one I steal. don't, no. Just tap out? Yeah, I, I haven't looked at this at all. Can you just say a wide receiver, just in case? Nope. To see if you could seal it? Nah. You get it, you seal it. I understand that. He already won. Okay. The answer... You could still steal. The answer, That's right. The answer is... Brandon Ayuk. Oof, I was not going to say that name. That I was one. not going to say that name. All right, now we go to the two-pointers. He gets a lot of receptions. Uh, yeah. Wow. The We go to the two-pointer. This The game is still open. You're right. Two-pointer here. We have rookies. We're going to lead off with Rob. For a chance to really seal it. Okay, so the first stat I looked at was games played. So he started most of the year, so it wasn't a rookie that came in halfway through, which eliminated a vast majority of rookies this year. Mm-hmm. And then the doubles stood out to me with 21. He had 24 home runs, so it was a 2020 rookie season. Not bad, pretty good. 263 average. My first guess is Masataki Yoshida of the Boston Red Sox. No. Thank God. My second guess, this feels wrong because stolen bases were zero, but I'm going to go James Outman of the Dodgers. No. All right, and my last guess, I'm. I only wrote down two. I didn't realize we got three options. I completely forgot that part. My last guess is going to be Gunnar Henderson. I know no. that's wrong. That would have been what I said. Liam, um, you have. To I had Outman, this. and then when you said Outman, I had Gunner, and then I was like, "All right, I, I'm out of baseball players." <laughs> um, I'm, all right. Liam. I, I mean, I know there's no shot. But let's go with Oswaldo Cabrera. No. The answer was on the team that you presented, but it wasn't Masataka Yoshida, who was over there first base. It was Casas. It was Casas. Dang it. You were close. When you said Boston Red Sox, I was like, no way. I should have gotten that way. He goes three for three. But the game is still wide open. Liam, who is your rookie? All right. 1,365 yards. Leads me to believe that he hasn't played a full season. Four to seven touchdown interception ratio. He's nothing standout, and he's obviously a quarterback. First of all, I'm going to go Aiden O'Connell. That is correct. This game is seven tied. to OT. We're going to overtime, and hold on, I have to figure out what happens in overtime. And we are back, and I have invented the new sudden death rules. So I didn't think we'd be tied. So sudden death will go as follows. You'll each get one extra player each. And how it goes is it's going to be a little bit different than usual. Uh, Liam, you will be getting a linebacker. And Rob, you'll be getting a infielder. I have a question off rip. What? What do you consider a linebacker? Is an edge rusher a linebacker? Uh, it could be either one. It's 
edge edge slash outside linebacker. How about that? So that works? Yes. That, okay. And Rob, you have a left half of the infield player. So, that's fair. Was mine a left outside or a right outside linebacker? No. No. Because it's either inside or outside. So, you guys get that. You guys get a, five minutes to figure it out. And how it works is when we start guessing, it will start with Liam this time, and Rob will get the rebuttal. And how it works is uh, they each get three guesses to go back and forth of their players. Once that happens, it is sudden death, to which we'll do a coin flip for who gets to go first. And then we go from there. And the first one to answer either one of the players wins. So we'll be back. And we're back. So, after this long thought process, Liam, you can be first in your guesses. All right. So we got 147 games played. That equates to nine healthy seasons. Got 99.5 sacks. We're looking at 11 sacks per season. Three picks, two touchdowns, 30 forced fumbles. The only thing that's throwing me off about this guy not being a pure edge rusher is that he has 30 passes defensed. He had to have been in the league a long time. Edge rushers don't usually last too long, at least healthy. Number one, I'm going Khalil Mack. That is correct! Told you I could do it in one. So, he got Khalil Mack. Rob has three guesses to get his. Or this game is over. Rob with a two-point lead. Coming in, trying to finally beat Liam at one of these games. Has a shot here. Has a very similar stat line to Cody Bellinger, but with a way worse batting average. Infielder, my first guess is going to be J.P. Crawford. That is incorrect. Okay. My second guess, Hassan Kim. Incorrect. It is down to the final guess of the game. Mike Yastrzemski. Mike Yastrzemski. <laughs> you know it's not right because I can't pronounce it. I just said it too. <laughs> it's incorrect. It was Max Muncy. That was Max Muncy. Max Muncy's only played five and a half years worth of baseball? Mm-hmm. That feels so wrong. So that was I'm first. throwing the challenge flag. <laughs> so, that will conclude through the numbers... And a shocking comeback for Liam as he takes the victory. I cannot believe it. That was a crazy ending to game time. Again, thank you. And I hope you guys enjoyed playing. And tell us how many you guys got right or wrong on our socials. Because we will, uh, obviously, the answers are posted in the podcast. So we're going to be posting the sheet before the podcast there. So take the time to think. Yes. I like how you put this part after the game. All right, so. <laughs> it is comment time. <laughs> that was so, uh, so classy, my friend. Hey, Rob, what are you doing, dude? What? All right, so our first comment is from Dave. He says, now that the Yankees have helped the fan base by putting last year behind them with Soto, Steve Cohen has to do the same thing for the Mets by signing Yamamoto, no matter the cost. And also, he loves the podcast. What do we think? Does Steve Cohen have to get Yamamoto? I wasn't listening to you. I have to reread the quote. (laughs) (laughs) What what, what were you doing? Uh, Zoning out. (laughs) 
So do Rob, do the Mets need Yamamoto? Do the Mets need Yamano, Yamamoto? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're no. Skrimsky? Oh, geez, this, is, this is horrific. Anyway, do they need him? No. They don't need him. Would it help the team out a lot? Yes. I think the Mets are going to do whatever they can to get him. I do not think it is the answer that the Mets are looking for, though. I think it's just a band-aid on a bullet hole? It's not a band-aid on a bullet hole. It's more that their whole issue is their entire pitching structure, you know, starting to bullpen. Now, a good starter like this would help. I just think they have other pieces that would help more. I'm going to say it's a bullet on a band uh, Band-Aid on a bullet hole. You're Skrimsky. <laughs> we all messed up. There is so many more problems with the Mets. Their, their hitting took a sharp decline last year. It looked like Pete Alonso was maybe the only player out there. And even he took a step back, it felt like. The pitching isn't that good with the departure of Verlander and Scherzer. And it was so hyped up before. It was terrible with them. And it was terrible with them. It's only Senga. And that's it, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong, Senga's good, but yeah, I think they should get Yamamoto, but I don't know if that's where you stop. Yeah, and they lost out on the Korean outfielder. Is uh, oh yeah, what's his name? I forgot. <laughs> Jung Ho Lee. Jung Ho. Did you have that up on your phone? I may have gotten the pass a notification. You got a pass right a notification. Yep. <laughs> he is going to the San Francisco Giants. So. They're out on the hitter they wanted, so now they have to make some splash somewhere else. And they lost on Otani because he went to the Dodgers. So, thank you, Dave, and thank you for loving the podcast. Shout out, Dave. Mm-hmm. Oh, Dave. Next is Allie, who wanted to make a comment, and she stated, "Tommy Chicken Cutlets is doing pretty well. Don't get me wrong; he's no Geno Smith, but I think the Giants could have a shot at the playoffs with him." What do we think, Liam? He's definitely no Geno Smith, <laughs> and I love that. Geno Smith's tenure with the Giants was not one that I loved. But Ali is obsessed with Geno Smith. Um, I, I mean, they do have a shot at the playoffs. We haven't really lost it. Well, we've lost one. But we're on a three-game win streak. We got the Saints next week. We can realistically take one game from the Eagles, and if we can win one at the Rams... We got a shot at the playoffs. Yeah. I think Geno Smith is the worst football player to ever live. All right, relax. He did get punched in the jaw by his own teammate in, in New York, though. I know, but I was more saying that for the reaction I knew it was going to get. Okay. Fair. Because I know how much Allie loves Geno Smith. Yeah, fair enough. And again, thank you, Allie. For thank you, me. Allie. And last is Mike. Mike said, all sports need to stop making all the super teams like the 2017 Warriors. It feels like all sports are starting to do that. The only team, uh, as much as I hate to say it to Ben, is the Patriots that are out of this take. It needs to stop. We're going to start with that quote. What do you think? He put two quotes down, so we're going to just lead off with that one. Okay, so I think the buying team narrative is interesting with certain sports. Like, with baseball, there is no salary cap. Yeah. Any team can go out and make whatever splash they want. It's just teams outbidding. Which, to me, is a problem. But, I mean, I know that's the way baseball has always been played. But, I, I don't know. It makes it less enjoyable for me. The good teams stay good. Good teams are always going to stay good. But imagine if you're an A's fan. 
Well, that's different because they don't even try to get good. They don't even try to get players. They haven't done anything worth actively pursuing playoffs in years. I, I think it's, it's really hard to build a super team in most sports. I think it really is to do it properly. Last time anyone did it, especially in baseball that I can think of, a proper super team would be the 2009 Yankees. Like They went out and bought every player they could. That's just what happened. I don't think they can do that anymore. I think there's too many teams willing to compete that buying a super team is less likely now than ever before. See, the thing that baseball has going for them, although I do hate the salary cap issue, is that the players don't have as much control as opposed to a sport like basketball. Baseball, you see, you know, the teams are competing to get these players, and the players sign generally wherever the money's good. In basketball, the players really control the sport, and that's where I think you see the most problems with super teams. There's five players on a court. If one superstar wants to go to an already established great team, like we kind of saw with the uh, the Suns, like we kind of saw with the Bucks, the Celtics. These are borderline super teams that we're seeing right now. And it's because these players have so much control over the league and these the salary cap is is frankly not that strict. You can have three giant names in your team and still build a solid roster. So yeah, I think it is an issue. But I don't know if there's a realistic way we can solve this problem because in baseball you can't add a salary cap. There's no way. Okay, here here's a way we solve this issue, right? We take every player from every team at the end of each season, put them up on a big wheel with all the teams. They stand next to the wheel, they spin it. Whatever team it lands on is the team they go to that until is, a roster is filled out. That is ridiculous. But it would honestly be kind of fun to watch. It would. I would love that. But I'd love that for like just a tournament or something. Yeah. Because that'd be nice. Because you imagine back to back, like the team gets the top two. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, I think that. I think it needs to stop primarily in basketball. And the way to do that is, you know how there's such a thing as a no-trade clause yeah. for the player? Get rid of that. There should be a no-trade clause for the team. Meaning, you're stuck here. Unless you can't do that. Because then they just sit out. Then they don't get money at all. Then bye-bye to your money. They should not be... Yeah, but players at the end of their contract will just do that. They'll sit out. But you can't really do that with any sport, though. If the player doesn't want to play and you don't pay him, it's like any other job. We can leave our jobs whenever we want. Just the is- I don't think that's the issue. I think the issue is the no-trade clause with the player because it gives them so much power. They get to pick exactly where they go. True. It needs to be wherever the best package is given or the most money is given, that's where a player signs. True, and also request trades being denied should be... I don't know, the fact that they don't play is ridiculous. The fact that you have the players have way too much power in the NBA. It's true, and that's what because it's a superstars game. And it's ruining the sport in a way. Yeah. So I think baseball's problem is that the baseball salary cap problem seems to be hidden a lot because it's weird because the non-salary teams are kind of winning, which is weird. And all the big salary cap teams like the Yankees, Dodgers, and Mets. I think that's an outlier, though. Haven't done much though recently. It's, it's an outlier. The the Dodgers won the COVID year. That's about it since two thousand and nine. And also, we got to talk about football. Football does a really good job of not having super teams. 
They're the best at it. They Strict salary cap, and there's 22 players on the field if you count special teams a lot more. So it's really tough to put together a super team when one player cannot win you a game. What's good about the NFL is to the victor does not go the spoils. To the victor goes the, the tougher crap. road, yeah. And to the loser goes the spoils. And yeah. that's the best way to handle it. A I league. agree. So the NFL is doing the best at it, but the players somewhat are gaining more power. But it's way more of a slow process. It's still it's still not going to affect it the way it does baseball yeah. or basketball. There's because again, so much you can do. it's not five players on the court. Exactly. There's 22. And they still go to the money for the bad teams. Absolutely. So, thank you. Uh, and his last comment was, uh, once one person blows up, they need to chill out on the overhype. How can we say players like Burrow are the best players when they have had only one good year? But it's the same with the other way. Why does one bad year make a person horrible? It doesn't necessarily, but you have to look into what you're saying. Burrow is that good for a reason because he's young and there's no signs of, as long as he stays healthy, him slowing down. And you look at what he was able to do so young. He was able to go to the Super Bowl. He was able to overcome one of the worst O-lines I've ever seen and still, you know, make it out and have a decent shot at a Super Bowl. But this sticks with his point, though. Why does only one year determine that this is the best? So are you going to tell me that Burrow isn't one of the best players? No, I'm in, just in the no, league? I'm just trying to ask you the question. If why does only this that year make them the best? I think it's how good they do that determines their best. Because Joe Burrow's first year wasn't a good year. He didn't no. play. Exactly. His first year playing because that's yeah. what we're going off of here. I'm assuming. Yes, yeah. we're not going off of the first year where he was injured. Okay. Good. Okay. Cool. He played like three games, I think. Either way, he was solid. Exactly, but his first year, he wasn't good. He was better than good. He was better than most quarterbacks in the league, and that's kind of where you set that line. It's, you know, why is a rookie great in baseball? Well, it's not because they're the best rookie playing middling baseball. No, it's because they're better than 85% of all the other Major League Baseball players out there. That's what a one-year this guy is great will say about a player. It's not that they're doing good for a rookie. It's that they're doing better than most players at their level who have been competing for years already. And that's where I think the there is a certain skill in watching football too, or any sport, is you have to know when to buy the hype and when to sell. It's I mean, you see in, you know, when you play fantasy, when you, you know, do sports betting, whatever it may be, you have to know that, oh, this player is overhyped, or oh, this player... He had a great year, but he can keep it going. And, you know, it's kind of up to the individual to hop on a hype train or, you know, hop off. And depending on how many people, like the general consensus of the public, hype trains are going to go up and down. And, again, it's just, it's kind of, however you feel about it is really that player's value at that current time. And the same kind of goes with a bad year. It's not just that they paid, played bad for their standards. It's that they played worse than anyone could have ever imagined they played. Uh, sometimes. Now, don't get me wrong, especially with sports shows like the ones on ESPN, sometimes even our own, we'll over-dramatize the situation. Yeah. Just because it's easier to talk about when you say someone is completely washed, even if it's just a slump year. you, you got to understand, talking heads are still just talking heads. Absolutely. 
But one example I want to bring up just before we get off this topic is Devontae Adams, I think, is a perfect example. We still consider Devontae Adams one of the better receivers in football. Why? He's having a down year. His numbers aren't that great. He hasn't caught that many touchdowns. He hasn't got that many yards. Because his team stinks. You still have to look at things other than the numbers and other than, you know, just the eye test. You have to look into what you're talking about. Devontae Adams runs some of the best routes you'll ever see still in the NFL. Just because he's not playing with a generational talent quarterback that can get him the ball exactly where he needs it doesn't make him any worse. It's just hurt his production. Look at Randy Moss. He had uh, Frank Tarkenton throwing him the ball for a little bit. Did phenomenal. Then he had whoever was on the Raiders at that time. Did terrible. Then he had Tom Brady throwing him the ball for the best season of his career. So it does matter who surrounds you. And, of course, we'd like to thank Mike for that comment. And we go to our final segment of the episode, Locks and Upsets. So, I'm going to lead off this time, and I'm going to go with a very casual one, with Stuart Bingham beating Manishwin Petamaliku in the Snooker Scottish Open. You clearly don't even know who that is. It's almost disrespectful to the sport that you would mispronounce that name. Well, then what is your lock? Uh, my lock is Adam Sudzi over Darius Toma in the World Table Tennis Feeder Bila Qualifiers. Wow. This year he has come out and he has lit the table tennis world on fire. His backhand looks phenomenal. His forehand has always looked that good. He's just playing with a tenacity that we have maybe never seen in the table tennis world. Stuart Bingham. Oh, and oh, and tennis. Table tennis, sorry. Stuart yeah, I'm Bingham. talking about Adam Sudsy, dude. Dude, Stuart Bingham's been crazy, though. The absolute effort he puts in, day in and day out, to win. Where'd Stuart Bingham come from? All right, Rob, what's your lock? Now, I see the routes that you guys have taken, right? And I follow these roads a little bit. They're a bit more on, on the uh, unbeaten path, if you will. More? On the unbeaten path? Yes. The picks you take? Yes. Oh, ours are more on the unbeaten path. Yeah. I thought you were going a level above us. No, 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 no. I was like, it's good really luck. Hard, it's really hard to, so I'm just going to pick the Ravens over the Jaguars this Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. All right. And for my upset, I'm going uh, Covington over Edwards this Saturday. I think. I like it. Kobe Covington beats Leon Edwards. I would have to agree with you. In UFC 296, I believe it's called. Uh, I'm going the Cowboys over the Bills. I would love to take the Bills here, but I don't understand how the Cowboys can be underdogs. That's unbelievable. They're the best team in the league right now. Right now, I would say 49ers-Cowboys. 49ers-Cowboys, yeah, I agree. Sorry. Ravens. No. No, see, they might be, but they're not hot. Cowboys just beat the Eagles. Handily by that. Yeah. Getting A.J. Brown, Jalen Hurts... And Devontae Smith to fumble. Fumble me out of my fantasy victory, by the way. I lost by seven yards. I know, I saw. I'm dead inside. But, just a side note, if I win this week in fantasy, I kick Liam out of the playoffs. True. Let's also just point out that Ben is the worst team in the league. So let's not let him brag. I was 3-1 and at one point. Like, like a week ago. Now I'm 3-2 in the last five weeks. I had the worst. I auto drafted. I'm an idiot. 
I got drafted. All right, Rob, what's your upset? My upset is the Jazz over the Kings this Saturday. Jazz over Kings on Saturday? Yep. All right, guys. I'm feeling jazzy. I don't know if I would have taken that one. And as always, I'd like to thank you all for listening. Oh, by the way, before I go into that, my bad. Um, right now, our current standings, I am 12-2 and two in locks and 4-10 and ten in upsets, giving me a grand total of 16-12. and 12. Rob, you are nine and five in locks and five and nine in upsets. That's crazy. And you're a fourteen and fourteen. Uh, <laughs> the definition of mid. Whoa, whoa, whoa! These are two different. Okay, what? Yeah, definition of mid. You're, you, you. Keep reading your fancy words. And Liam, you are eleven definition and two. Of mid. You, Liam, you are 11. definition of mid. I'm not letting you talk after you said that. What was? You're just being rude. Get him. All right, you're eleven and two in locks and three and ten in upsets, giving you a fourteen and twelve record. So, I'd like to thank you all for listening. You can follow us on our socials at Dear Hollow Heroes. You can also email us through DearHollowHeroes at gmail.com. Message us and let us know about the topics we discuss or take of your own. Listen to us on most platforms where you get your podcast. Thank you, Liam and Rob, and I hope you all have a wonderful rest of your day. Talk to you later. Yep. Yes, girls. <laughs>